All right, Kelly. <laughs> it's good, good to see you. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We've been talking about this for some time, so this is fun. Um, to get started, I just want you to introduce yourself real quick and what, um, so this is fun cause this is new as of recently, but like, what is your current job? Great question, Mason. Great question. <laughs> um, my name is Kelly Griggs. I am the host of startup Nash and the founder of bright Pier. Cool. And bright Pier is the new thing. So right, that's what the newest of the new. That's so great. So I we'll, probably shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm going to. Well, we can uh, <laughs> say anything you want, and then we'll time when this is released, whenever you want to, if that works. That's perfect. That's great. Okay, we'll get in right here in a second then. Um, so Startup Nash, talk to me a little bit about that. I'm actually a part of the community as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I got to know you. But talk about that a little bit. Like, how did that, what is it, and how did it come to be? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. I'm so, first of all, Thank you so much for yeah. having me on. I'm so, so pumped to be talking about this. I think I should say first that I haven't really talked about Startup Nash in person. I'm just realizing this mm. in person with another person because everything, all the ways I talk about Startup Nash is really through text. And that's important because Startup Nash started uh, when I was looking for a job, I was trying to get back into the workforce and, um, couldn't really go to as many events that I couldn't really be in person as mm -hmm. much as I'm used to because, um, I was a new mom. Yeah. So, um, yep. so I was, I was looking to get back into the workforce. I had my baby with me. Um, and we had this, you know, we were looking for childcare, we were facing a lot of the challenges that new parents face um, here in Nashville, but also nationally. Mm -hmm. um, and I was sort of sitting, you know, in my room um, wondering, wow, how am I going to connect with my community? It, it really can't be the same way as it was before. So can I use my strengths and my situation right now? Can I cultivate my network in a different way than people are used to? And if so, what does that look like? Mm. Um, and then I remembered Slack as a tool. People talk on Slack, people, you know, this was before the pandemic, uh, mm. this was 2018. So people work remote, people get on Slack. So I was like, what if I just made a group? What if I made a group? Mm. And um, I was already sending out a newsletter. Um, it wasn't super consistent. And I thought also in, in tandem with making the group, I thought, okay, so I've got this newsletter where it's sort of a one-to-many communication. I'm talking to them or I'm talking about someone to my audience. What if, what if everybody just talked together? Couldn't we get so much more done if we were all just talking together? Mm. Um, so that was really the origin. That's mm. where it, that's where it started. I actually, that the reason you started it, first of all, with the challenge of being a new parent, that's, hitting me in real time because I've been going to events a lot lately. I mean, mm -hmm. mostly for obviously networking for our business and whatever, but like some weeks it's like three times, it's like three nights a week. I mean, I have a five-year-old kid at home, like these happy hours in town are usually like somewhere between five and like seven. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I'm missing like dinner time and bedtime sometimes. And like, I've, it's been hitting me this last year. Like I don't love that. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. that totally resonates like another way to connect with people and you don't have to be away from family at the normal in-person events. That's what's so unique about what you created. 
Absolutely. That was absolutely it. I thought, unless you're willing, and a lot of people are very willing to still have coffee with you, to get on a phone call with you when you've got your kids at home. And I know that I've been, it's really opened my eyes to what parents deal with day to day and um, how to connect with people in a way that's still effective, how to connect with people in a way that's still good for my family. Um, It just made sense on Startup Nash. It made sense Mm -hmm. because, you know, I thought this isn't going to change for me anytime soon. I love hanging out with my kids and we all strike a balance between how much we're out and how much we're with our kids. But for me, it was just like, this is helpful. Mm -hmm. This is nice that this option is there. We just don't really take this option as much as we should. I bet a lot of other people are like me where they're Mm -hmm. a new parent or they just don't have as much time as they used to. Mm -hmm. They still want to be involved. You know, let's Mm -hmm. let them, let's have them be involved and it can totally be virtual. Yeah. And you've created, um, what I think is really cool is like you're facilitating other people making connections too, right? Uh, That's pretty cool to me. Yeah. Um, so great thing about startup Nash, you get on there. It, it can be as startup Nash can be as simple or as in depth as you sort of want it to be. Mm. It's a lot of startup Nash is what you, what you put in, you get out mm. at the end of the day, it's a Slack community, but the wonderful thing about startup Nash, I think is the access. So if you know, Mason McSpadden is in startup Nash, mm and you wanna know from Mason McSpadden how to start a podcast company, Mm. you can go into Startup Nash today and tag you, (laughs) Mason McSpadden, Mm -hmm. and say, hey man, I'm starting a podcast company, do you have any advice? Mm. And you, even though you're really busy, you might be willing to give him some advice. 100%. I also, um, yeah, I mean, I've met tons of people through your community, right? I met you first and then a lot of people yeah. through you. I just, and I, uh, I also think that I talk about this on the podcast a lot, but that does speak to Nashville. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you, right? Like having like the Nashville community, cause you've been a part of it for a long time and now you're a facilitator of startups in the area. Yeah. This is also like a really important thing to me. This is sort of a cornerstone of startup Nash. So, um, Nashville is very open. Uh, I think the community is unique in that most people are willing to take a coffee with you. Mm -hmm. Most people are willing to talk to you in person, give you some advice, at least, at least sit down with you. Most people. Um, And Startup Nash. So, so I think that's one reason why Startup Nash worked. Also, there's this other competing um, competing mindset maybe, um, that isn't as prevalent in Nashville, but is very prevalent in the like startup tech community as a whole, Mm -hmm. lots of kind people in the gen, you know, the greater startup tech community, Mm -hmm. lots of wonderful people who would still sit down with you and be very open. But there's also this whiff of like exclusivity. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of arrogance. There's Mm -hmm. some ego, there's Mm -hmm. some gatekeeping. There's all these sort of bad things. Um, they're not necessarily like bad people, but some things that I would consider like not great practices that people do. Mm. And I don't think it's really always on purpose. I think it's like people, people want other people to sign NDAs the first time they're meeting because they're scared Mm -hmm. or, you know, people make certain choices on their cap founders, make certain choices on their cap tables because 
that's what they were told to do, or that's the easiest thing to do. Sure. Uh, so one, one really like important part of startup Nash is like, Hey, well, I guess it was, I guess it's more of a, um, a hypothesis of mine. You know, if I created this super open community where everybody on it was willing to give back, was willing to share their lessons learned, was willing to be more vulnerable, mm. could I help impact future founders and the way they're setting up their businesses to create more wealth within the community or mm -hmm. more opportunity in the community? Um, and so I really drive home no gatekeeping, exclusive, I mean, um, not, ex not exclusive, mm -hmm. inclusive as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, anybody can join whoever wants to learn about entrepreneurship and really driving home the idea that entrepreneurship comes from anywhere. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have to be exclusive. It doesn't mm. have to be this like old club where, mm -hmm. you know, the rich get richer. It mm -hmm. can be anybody. That's Love a it. beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. And that's, that's like, it's something that I learned when I came to Nashville and it's something that, I want other people to know that like, I guess the most important thing here is I want other people to know, especially young people, that you can have access to some of these people, mm. to some of these opportunities. You can learn. Mm. Um, and not only that, but, but Startup Nash, among many other resources, is one way you can access those people. I'm curious, um, where do you think that that, you're obviously very passionate about that topic in general. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that comes from? Like, is that just from mm -hmm. your your career or, you know what I mean? Cause you've worked in startups too, but like you're really wanting to lead the charge in building almost culture around, mm -hmm. around um, how people relate to each other in startup environments. Like, where's that come from? It's. It's absolutely from my career. Um, I started out in Nashville. Uh, I moved here in 2012. Um, I thought I was going to go into graphic design and advertising, you know, maybe an advertising agency. Yeah. I ended up being the marketing manager um, at a little media company called Southern Alpha. And Southern Alpha, um, my co-founder was Marcus Whitney. And at Southern Alpha, we wrote about startups in the Southeast. And... Um, I had an editor who's at the time, his name was Walker Duncan. He got out there and started owning that beat. And at the time, um, other Nashville-based publications, you know, the Tennessean was around, of course. The Tennessean was out there writing. Mm. The Nashville Business Journal was out there writing. The Scene, The yeah. Post. All of those groups were out there writing. But um, Southern Alpha offered this um, this special little niche, and that was writing about startups and new business. Because at the time, it wasn't always the best story to, or it wasn't always like thought of to profile startups. Mm. And nowadays, we profile startups all the time. Everybody mm. knows about TechCrunch, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Back then, it just wasn't. It wasn't considered as newsworthy. Mm. When is it? as sexy maybe to some yeah, degree. De definitely, definitely. Mm. So so some publications just wouldn't do it. Mm. And I think Southern Alpha did a really great job at motivating other media entities in town mm. and motivating new people to stand up and say, yes, this is a new company. This mm. is very interesting. Here's their technology. Here's how mm. much money they've raised. Um, that said, I think part of this is coming from like my own mm -hmm. chip on my shoulder. I sure. was, I was an outsider mm -hmm. looking in, mm -hmm. I was writing about the companies. I wasn't, 
at the time I did not consider myself um, really a founder. It was hard for me to accept the title of co-founder of Southern Alpha. Mm. It seemed, I guess, silly in a way. Mm. Like it seemed like I was just starting out. How am I this, how did, am I this founder or mm -hmm. co-founder of this company? Um, it was also just a media publication that felt a lot of the times like, this is just a blog. Like, should I be calling myself the founder of this blog? You know, mm. so I was dealing if with I those can, kinds of things. Yeah. I deal with that all the time. <laughs> I think someone's been, the, the phrase has been coming around more by like, for me, I guess it's imposter syndrome, but I definitely, like, if I want to break down, like, do I think, um, I don't know the word, maybe valuable enough to run a company. I'm not sure what it is. Mm -hmm. The answer usually internally for me is like, well, no, <laughs> I go for it anyway. Right. Cause I just, I just, I have no issues just like going out there and doing things. But yeah, I mean, the, on the inside, I feel like that all the time. Uh, how do a you, lot of founders do feel like, yeah. That. How, how do you find, how do you deal with that? How do you find, that you, <laughs> how do you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, practically I do a lot of therapy so we can start there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's very difficult. It's very difficult here. Here's what is helpful. I'm, I'm learning to celebrate little small wins. So there was a day when weld recruiting, not a soul knew about it, except me and my brother, Matthew. Now there are people that like reach out to us. Hey, I'm looking for work. Can you help me out? Or there's companies that'll come to us and say, Hey, we need some help here. Can you help us out? And I try to remember like there was, there was a day where nobody knew who we were or wanted to use our services or nothing. And now, now there are people that know about us and they want to use us and, um, we can help them and serve them. So that's, that's one thing is I try to celebrate small wins in that way. In the same way, the startup Nash Slack, there was a day when it didn't have one, one, um, user. There was. And, and now it's got a lot. There so was. it's, it's, it's things like that. There right? was. We were, we were under a hundred for a very long time. Yeah. I, that it's things like that. I try to remember like, so we're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Like I may not be the best from like, a. I know I'm, I'm pretty rough on like business things, mm -hmm. but like something's going right, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, something's question. going right. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Cause you're thinking, you know, as you're writing, as you're talking to people, mm -hmm. as you're producing content, mm -hmm. as you're doing business with others, mm -hmm. um, there's this feeling of like, yeah, I think you're always, I'm always questioning things, but there's also this sense of like, yeah, but I keep doing it. Mm -hmm. I keep getting up every day and I keep doing this and mm -hmm. it's, it's fun and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I get to hire people and <laughs> yeah. all that fun stuff. So it is working. It is working. Yeah. hundred percent. So, uh, back to you. So you kind of a little bit had this chip on your shoulder. Yeah. It was, I, I just felt like I was on the outside looking in. Yep. I felt like I was on the outside looking in I and a lot of that was self-imposed. It was like, I want to be part of this. Mm. This looks fun. Mm. All I'm writing all these stories about other people. And I started just thinking I could do this. I could put together, I could do a pitch deck. I could raise money. Mm. I could have a product. What's so hard? Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and in some cases it, I found out it is extremely difficult, but in other in other cases, and what I want to inspire other people to do is, yes, it's extremely difficult, but if you know the steps and how to do it, and if you have a good idea and you want to test that idea in the market, mm -hmm. come to Startup Nash. Mm -hmm. Come to Startup Nash, or if it suits you better, there's a lot of other resources in the Nashville community. It's mm -hmm. part of what makes Nashville great. Do in, do Nashville Software School. Mm -hmm. um, go to the uh, Nash Tech events. Yep. Come see you. Yep. Um, totally. Go see Catherine Rickmeyer. Get your mm -hmm. startup written about. Yep. Um, there's a lot of cool, go to the EC. Go to Launch Tennessee. You know. Yep. Go to uh, go to. Um, 
like greater um, tech council, national yeah, tech national council tech events. Council. They do yeah. events all the time. Um, there's so, so, uh, there's so many things I'm forgetting right now, but there's, there's so many great resources out there yeah. for, for entrepreneurs today. And I want people to know about those resources. And I, I, it doesn't matter if they know from them, you know, about them from startup Nash or not. I just want them to know they're out there. And if you want to do what I was doing, if, if you feel the way I was feeling and you just need to learn, mm. there's a lot of things you can do that, you know, before your, um, before you get your product out there, there's a lot of things to look at and people to learn from who could help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it like, cause I'm pretty new. You've mm -hmm. been here longer than I have. Um, is so I, I, I don't really know what to weigh it up against and you definitely do, but is it, are there way more resources now than two, 2012? I think so. Fair to say. I think so. I think, um, so back in 2000, ah, uh, you're going to launch me into like a history of Nashville's <laughs> tech startup scene. I'll try to keep it short. I, I love I'm, it. I, I won't like talk about this too long. We but. actually haven't had anything like that on this podcast yet. So I like that a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. I'll try to keep it short. I'll try to keep it brief. And, you know, you might talk to somebody else who has a totally different point of view. So yeah. I would encourage that too. Yeah. But um, back in 2012, um, the, the, the challenges we faced were different, um, at least in my opinion. We had a really great hub, had and have. It was called the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Mm -hmm. it, it, we started it back then, so I think it got a lot of initial hype, but they're still out there helping entrepreneurs every day. Um, yeah, we're members there. Oh yeah, okay, great. Yeah. That's great. Um, that's great. I had an office there back in the day, um, and the Nashville Entrepreneur Center was so interesting because the reason why I said had and had like had in the past tense, there's just so many more resources now mm. and they don't all live at the entrepreneur center. Mm. And it's, it would be impossible for them to live at the entrepreneur center. Right. In my opinion, that's a sign of great growth. The mm -hmm. entrepreneur center is still there. They still have resources. They're still serving tons of, mm. of founders and entrepreneurs. There are also lots of other yeah, things. They're not the only one. Yeah, yeah. They're not the only one. And, and if, if the things there are not serving a founder in the way they want to be served, that founder can go find a lot of other mm -hmm. resources and places. So in my opinion, it's a really, really, it's a sign of a really healthy community that there's still this, that there's still this hub, that there's still this place for entrepreneurs to go. But then there's a lot of opportunity outside of that too. Yeah, I agree. Um, so back then, um, basically if you were in tech or startups in Nashville, you went to the entrepreneur center. And, uh, back then, Jumpstart Foundry uh, had a space at the Entrepreneur Center and Vanderbilt had a space at the Entrepreneur Center and start, uh, Southern Alpha, mm. we were writing about startups. We had a space at the Entrepreneur Center. We were all there together mm. every day and there were uh, founders pitching to investors. Now, it was a wonderful and is a wonderful community, but it was still a very small community mm. and everybody there, there was still this... Um, almost like this greater pitch to Nashville's business community and um, just regionally that Nashville could be a place for startups and businesses to thrive. Um, I think the business community was pretty much um, like there's not a, there's not a long pipeline from like, Oh, these are the startups to this is Nashville's wonderful business community. So maybe that was the first connection Nashville 
made. I'm not really positive. You know, I'm not really sure about that, but like, it's not a far throw to say like, oh yeah, we really like startups and we really want to support Nashville's business community. Like that seems like it was an easier pitch. So mm. the fact that all these small businesses had a home at the EC was a great real life representation of that. Mm. Cool. We're supporting the business community because we let all of these startups come to the EC and get all of these resources they need. Mm. Um, so I think that was great. Yep. I think that was like a key a key building block of Nashville's startup and tech scene. Yeah, almost like foundationally absolutely. in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. So so as things changed and got bigger, um, I think there was some, I don't really know when this happened because after I wrote at Southern Alpha, I went on to be a part of some startups myself um, as a product marketing um, manager and you know, um, just worked in marketing mm -hmm. at a couple startups in, in the Nashville area. But at some point, um, things grew. You started to get um, a lot of other groups, you know, almost like the EC of, um, I know there's a, I'm going to botch this, but I know there's a place in Franklin. I know mm -hmm. that the Williamson County Chamber of Commerce has mm -hmm. now startup resources. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Um and I'm gonna get a call once this podcast comes out from my good, my roommate in college, my great friend Abby Bass. Mm. She works at the Williamson County Chamber of Commerce. Oh, cool! I uh, got to shout her out because she's been talking about tons of resources huh. for small businesses, startups, etc. Yeah, um, that's cool. So these other things started emerging again. Another, in my opinion, another healthy mark of mm. like more people are interested in this. More people want to be involved. They have to be involved on their own terms. Not everybody's going to drive into downtown Nashville. It's great to have other resource hubs in yeah, different places in Nashville. For sure. Um, and then I think the last thing was, hey, during the pandemic, we, we got a brand new wave of people coming in. And those people were brand new. They didn't know, they didn't know where the, the tech scene was. They didn't know where the startup scene was. Mm -hmm. And they almost created like a whole new layer, a whole new history, um, what will be history, you know, for Nashville. And I think that is still a good thing. Mm. We're constantly, uh, you know, whether we see this in the moment or not, I think these layers of our community are sort of building on top of each other and creating this dynamic place a lot of people have mentioned to me, hey, why is everything so siloed? Why are there so many different little groups? Mm. And and my response to that was, well, yeah, we used to be all under one roof, all under one hub, but you start to get big and you start to need things outside of the whatever the mainstream resource is. There's a place for that. There, there should be a place for that. That mm. means the community is growing. Mm. That means we're providing more resources mm. than before. Sure. To, to me, it's a very good thing to sure. see so many different things for so many types of founders, mm. so many types of businesses. It's just, in my opinion, that's that's a good part of Nashville's tech and startup scene. I want that to keep happening. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right in my opinion. Cause it's like, I mean, it's the rising tide thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it raises all ships. Yeah, mean, yeah. Same idea. Same idea. Same idea. Yeah. And, and you want to make sure that like, that it's not just some ships. Yeah. And when you limit yourself to mm. like only one or two resources and the same thing, if you decide that something should be exclusive and you're just not letting a lot of people in or something should be opaque or whatever, you might think 
oh, the rising tide lifts all ships. But in reality, like only some people are benefiting from it. Mm. So like you're saying, mm. just opening these resources up, getting as many people involved to want to be involved. It's really important. It's mm. vitally important, I think. That's great. Um, let's talk about, um, speaking of founders, your new thing real briefly. I'd like yes. to get some yes. get some clips around yes. what is now your new company as yes. of like a week ago or yes. two weeks ago. So uh, full disclosure, have not incorporated yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, we TBD. Had, uh, TBD, yeah. Um, very, very soon. But so I have a new idea. This idea came out of Startup Nash. So I had the community first, and then I thought of this product uh, from the community. And um, it's a product that I think could apply to every community um, and probably many organizations. Mm. It's called Brightpeer, and it's a knowledge sharing platform. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, for the sake of testing this product, and Mason, I do a lot of building in public. Mm. So to disclosure, what I say on this podcast could totally I love change. That. Could totally change. I love uh, that. Could totally change. That's happened a couple times on this podcast. One was with my wife. <laughs> she she anyway, it, something had happened like we recorded on a Thursday and she was like literally kind of being pretty vulnerable and was like yeah. I'm actually thinking about quitting. She's a music. Yeah, yeah. On Saturday she got another gig. Oh my God. So like things changed. Yeah. Like I love, that's what I love about podcasting is you can go back and be like, oh wow, that changed. And yeah. that's a great thing. Yeah, this is going to date. So this go is for it. This is a but... safe space for that. Okay, good, good. Okay. So uh, knowledge sharing platform, um, I'm planning to start it on Slack as a Slack bot, but I don't want to stay on Slack. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want anybody to be able to share knowledge with anybody else. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, look, we all have these communities. I have Startup Nash and a lot of people are a part of Startup Nash. Um, but like individually, we have community. We have whatever our own individual senses of our community. That could be on LinkedIn. It could be on a Slack group. It could be across multiple Slack groups. It could be email, newsletter. Mm -hmm. uh, could just be people we talk to every day, coworkers, et cetera, family. Um, mm -hmm. That's all part of our community. Um, so I'm building this it's almost like a knowledge base um, for your community. Mm. Um, and I'm starting it as a Slack bot. So I'm, I'm starting it, uh, I'm using community so loosely here because you, can, you could have a Slack community mm -hmm. um, and that's what I'm starting it for. But eventually I want it to be separate from, I think I'm just, I think I'm just saying this out loud because I'm realizing that everybody's sense of community is very different. Mm. But right now, technically the way the product works is on Slack. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. right now it has to be in a Slack. Sure. Um, so basically what it is, is you type in a question um, for, for someone you could help. It would be like, Hey, what are all the, um, what are all the tools I need to like start a podcast? Mm. So maybe somebody asks that in Startup Nash through through my product, Brightpeer. Mm. Um, they would, the person who asks the question types in command Brightpeer, they fill out their question. They say whether they are expecting an answer free or if they're willing to pay. Mm. Um, they tag it under a category um, and then they press send. Mm. 
Mm. Well, then Bright Pierre will send their request to everybody in my group tagged podcast mm-hmm. expert or yeah. podcaster or Love something. Um, so you'll get a DM, maybe an email, some notification saying, hey, someone from Startup Nash, Nash asked a question. They're, they want to do a 30 minute session. They're willing to pay. Mm. What, you know, what's your rate? Mm. What's your availability? Mm. Um, so this is a potentially a new revenue model for mm. creators, uh, yep. for freelancers, for service providers, Sure. potentially a new revenue model for people who just want to share information mm-hmm. or the way we've always used startup Nash, free knowledge share. Mm. If you're just willing to give back yeah. and you want to help somebody, I mean, one of the biggest problems in Startup Nash is people miss the notifications. Mm. So this is just a little way to connect with people on a more personal level, um, potentially to start a, you know, business relationship with them. Um, But most of all, a new way to do knowledge sharing. Mm. And it could apply to businesses too. We just take out the paid part. Yeah. And you're asking if you have a really huge business, you know the department maybe, but you don't know... um, you don't know the person who you should be talking to, just ask Brightpeer the question and Brightpeer sort of acts as this internal people knowledge mm-hmm. base and gets your question to the right person. Yeah, that's cool. I I, I may have told you this the other day mm-hmm. when we were hanging out, but I, I immediately go to my like kind of the blockchain groups that we're involved in. And yeah. that's the language they use in a lot of companies that are building in the Web3 space is... Um, I mean, it's just a culture of Web3 is like building community, but a lot of folks are building a product and then saying like, how do we a get a community and then what do, how do we manage that community? I think it's pretty cool that you've actually done the reverse of that. You've already got a community and now you've, you've seen what the needs are and what's out there. Now you've built something for that. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, and, and very, <laughs> you, you told me, I think you told me that I'm so like, web three of you. Yeah. Very web three adjacent. <laughs> you are. You, you would um, fit right in. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people online who've been talking about community. Um, I've been watching the, the people who I watch, um, online are like, um, uh, Rosie Sherry or what is her name? Oh my gosh. I'm like getting her uh, Rosie land. She mm. does community. Okay. She does a lot of community stuff online. Um, she was uh, part of an organization called orbit. I don't believe she's with them anymore. She's doing her own thing, but orbit is a, is a tool set for communities like mine. I cool. use it a lot. Um, um, who else? Sam Parr, man, I'm thinking about all these people on Twitter and I'm like, is that yeah. their name? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sam, Sam Parr, I, I think that's his name. Sam Parr just did, uh, he just announced a new community group called Hampton and that's for founders. And it's, he's I feel like, I've seen that. Yeah. He's <clears throat> going very, uh, uh, the, uh, the CEO of Vecteasy. Okay. Um, he's doing it with him. The CEO of Vecteasy lives in Bowling Green. He's a local guy. Oh, gotcha. Close. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rubel, Sean Rubel. Anyway, I'm butchering all these names. I might have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a lot of community stuff going on out there. People are super interested in mm. community. And I often wonder why? Why Why am I so obsessed with this? Why mm. did I do a community first? And I really think it just goes back to we're constantly trying to connect with each yeah. other. Mm. And, and I think we've discovered that like, some, some days social media is bad. Some mm. days we want like, we want super real advice. We need, we need help constantly. We're looking for insights. Um, 
But I think truly it goes back to my, my roots. Yes. I was looking at one time in my life to reconnect with my local business community at the same time. I think I have a gift for connecting people yeah. and bright peers growing out of this gift that I have that I'd like other people to have in an automated way. Mm. No, I couldn't agree more. We're, I'm rooting that on. We're rooting that on. That's great. And yeah, you are. You're definitely operating what I would say in your giftings. This is, I, I'm, everybody I know that knows you is super excited about it. So keep going. Nice. We're, we're here for the changes. <laughs> we're here for all of it. Nice. And, um, and, and I guess I should throw in, I want to figure out a way for the community to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one thing to talk about, oh, you can spread knowledge, spread wealth. Yeah. I could talk about that all day, but I haven't figured it out yet. I, I'm just throwing it out there to you. Yeah. I want to figure out how the community can have a piece of it at the end of the day, because mm. it would be so cool. Like, I don't think for me personally, uh, success means something different to everybody. But if I'm, if Bright Peer ever becomes really, really big, and uh, it would be cool if it did, but I don't know. Mm. But if it did, it will. I want to say, but Nashville's all with me. Mm -hmm. Like all my friends are here with me. Everybody's mm. here. We all did it. You know. You're so web three. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're like creating a DAO over here. I tried, but I, people did not like it. <laughs> people did not like it's it. It's just I love it. Um, cool. So. How can folks, um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, this yeah. has been so yeah. great. Yeah. How can folks kind of get in touch with you if they would like to, to learn more about a startup Nash and then later on bright beer? Yes. Uh, great. Best thing to do is go to www.startupnash.com. Um, you can join the group from there. Oh, I'm putting out a new website soon, so it might be updated. Just send it. We'll link it in the perfect on, on Spotify. It's still going to be startupnash.com. It'll be. Okay. It's great. Um, Bright Peer. Bright Peer. Uh, you can you can learn more about Bright Peer through Startup Nash if you want, mm. or I own the domain brightpeer.com. It's B-R-I-T-E-P-E-E-R. And your LinkedIn too. We'll mm. uh we'll tag your LinkedIn as well. Great. Cool. Oh, one more thing I want to say. I think this kind of wraps it up nicely, but um. I, this is going to sound super cheesy. Uh, I should have put this somewhere else in the interview, but I forgot. Um, so I'll say it right now. Love it. Um, I think the most important thing I've learned through all of this stuff is number one, got to play to my strengths. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell people that too, especially young people just play to mm -hmm. your strengths. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you're good at, lean in towards that because you're going to discover something that makes it that you can do in life that makes sense. That's good. Um, if you, if you lean into what you're good at and, That's good. um, number two, I think life is way too short to spend time doing anything else, anything other than, than what you feel in your gut that you should be doing mm. and, and work with who you want to work with for mm. goodness sake, like mm. find your people, like mm. go out, find your people, do, do what you believe you should be doing and, uh, do it as soon as you possibly can. I know that's not feasible for everybody. Mm. It, it might be only feasible at a certain time in life, but if that time and that opportunity ever presents itself, you have to take it. You just have to. That's so good. <laughs> that's a clip right there. Cut it. That's so good. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's so good. Thank you for coming on, Kelly. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Cool. It's been you great. It. It's been great. Anytime. Awesome. See you soon. All right. Cool. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>